you have your Bibles, you can open the Word to 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we're going to get to in just a moment. You know, as a pastor, the question that I'm asked more than any other question is this question. How can I hear from God? Like if God's still speaking today, and I believe that he is, how can I better discern his voice? How can I better like tune in? I know I've had seasons in my own life where it seemed as if the heavens were silent. Like God's not speaking. Maybe you would be like me. In those times, I wish I had a 911 heaven hotline, right? Where you could just pick up the phone and have that conversation with God. And you know, the reality is we don't have the 911 heaven hotline. Um, but I do believe that God's still speaking to us today, probably more than we realize it. I think there's times that God's speaking and we don't identify that of his voice. Uh, we don't discern that of his voice. Um, so through this series that we're launching this morning, my hope is to help us better discover, like, how do we discern the voice of God? How can we hear from him? See, I believe that learning how to hear the voice of God is the solution to a thousand problems. I also believe it's the key to discovering our destiny and fulfilling our potential. Years ago, this dates me a bit, but maybe you'll remember this commercial. Years ago, there was a commercial that says, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people... Listen. Yeah. They listen. I'm telling you, more important than hearing E.F. Hutton is hearing God. Now, how can we better hear the voice of God? How can we train ourselves or sensitize ourselves to hear his voice? And you're... Worship God this morning, there's a bookmark uh, that our creative team put together that covers seven different ways that God speaks to us today. And so throughout this series, what we're going to do is we're simply going to work through, here's seven ways that we, we can become more aware of and alert to God's voice today. Now, you've probably noticed as you took your worship guide this morning, there's not sermon notes in the worship guide. And some of you are flipping out saying, oh my goodness. What happened? Well, let me tell you what happened. The pastor made a mistake, and you're even further taken back. Like, really, our pastor made a mistake. Well, I did. I made an error, and when I came in this morning and I saw the error in the sermon notes, I said, we're going to pull all of those out. So we pulled them out this morning and put them in the trash because I made the mistake, but we did correct it on the website. So if you want to connect to the sermon notes, if you have technology there, you could pull that up on your phone and you can kind of follow along. I apologize again for my mistake and, and not getting that right. But again, we want to talk about how can we better discern God's voice. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament of a young boy by the name of Samuel. Samuel had an encounter with God. He actually heard the audible voice of God. Now, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Maybe you have. Samuel did. And in this story, the scripture says that um, there was a, like a famine in the land to the word of the Lord. There had not been like many visions, like people were not hearing from God. But out of this dry season, God spoke to Samuel to reveal Israel's future, but Samuel didn't recognize the voice of the Lord. It was new to him. He's just a young boy, and this kind of caught him off guard. You could read the story later if you would like, but Samuel actually thought it was Eli the priest who was calling him. And Eli directed Samuel to say these words, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
And as Samuel said those words, God spoke to this young boy by the name of Samuel. So at the outset of this series, I would like for us to say those words together this morning. Can we say that? Here it is, what Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can we say that together? Let's say it. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's say it again. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What we're inviting, we're opening our lives to that of God's conversation with us. Because we want to be those who are seeking to tune into his voice, keeping our hearts sensitive to his direction. I think this is critical for our lives and critical for our future. Out of our relationship with God, this is what we desperately need. We desperately need to hear from God. And when people ask me, Pastor, how can I pray for you? Which people ask me actually quite often, how can I pray for you? My response most of the time is this, pray that I can clearly discern the voice of the Lord and have courage to walk it out. Because this is what I've discovered in my own spiritual journey, that if I can clearly hear the voice of the Lord, and if I can then follow that out, it's like everything falls into place. Like everything else works when we clearly hear the voice of the Lord. When we can discern that of his direction in our lives and for our lives. Now that's why I want to help you Discover how you can better tune in. Because again, I believe God's still speaking today. He has spoken, times past, but he's still speaking today. And he does that in a variety of ways. So again, how can we better tune in to the voice of God? Numerous times in my tenure here at Grace Covenant, we've come to pivotal points where we needed to hear from God. Well, there was a major decision to make, and every time we have come to one of those major decision moments, kind of our mode of operation is, as I would call the leaders of Grace Covenant together, the elders, the church council, the pastors, we would lay out the decision that's before us, and then we would take a day, three days to fast and pray. And then as a leadership team, we would come back together to discern what is God saying to us about this decision that's before us. Remember, I recall one of the decisions we had to make. The year was, was uh, 2001. In 2000, we moved from Main Street, small facility, to our location here on Statesville Avenue. And we built the first phase of the facility. At that point, it seemed like a massive building. It would seat 600 people, and quickly... Uh, it filled up. What we thought was too big uh, was too uh, big actually became too small. And so we were faced with this situation of what are we going to do? And I remember it was about 2002, 2003, brought the leaders together and I said, here's the situation before us. We're out of room. In the classrooms, in the sanctuary, we, just, we don't have space. What are we going to do? And we took three days to fast and pray to hear the direction of the Lord. It was in that time the Lord clearly spoke to us through a story that's recorded in, in a number of the Gospels. But it's a story of, of Jesus feeding the 5,000, where he took a little boy's lunch of, of five loaves and two fishes, multiplied it, and fed 5,000 plus people. But in that story, this is what the Lord spoke to us. You can't send the people away. You feed them. And when we received that as a clear direction from the Lord, we quickly then moved into the second phase of our building, which was to enlarge the facility to make room for more, because we clearly heard the Lord say to us as a leadership team, you can't send them away. Not acceptable. You feed them. 
And with such a defining point for our church family, we created a memorial. You pass it every Sunday. You probably didn't realize it. But as you come onto our campus, you pass the memorial that we set up. There's a large stone in the triangle. As you're coming by the pond to the left, there's a large stone. In front of that stone, there's a plaque that says, God revealed our future. God had so clearly spoken to us about what he had for us and how we could then open our church family to the more that God had. It became a defining point in the history and the life of Grace Covenant. And it came out of a time that we clearly heard the voice of the Lord. And that's just one example of how God speaks to us today. But it's not just in the big decisions. Obviously, we need to hear God speak in the big decisions. But I believe that God wants to do life with us. Anyone else believe that? Like what God just wants to do life with us. He wants to like be a part of the marriage, to be a part of the family, to be a part of the finances, to be a part of your career path, whatever that looks like. I believe God wants to do life with us, and a big part of that's communication. I can't even know communication is important for the marriage, right? Communication is important for the family. As parents, you want to be having conversations with your kiddos, right? Or your young adults. Communication is important. Like in every relationship, and so I believe it's important in our relationship with God. And I believe, again, that God is communicating today. That God's speaking to us. And what we discover in the Bible is that in times past, God spoke through angels. He spoke through a burning bush. He spoke through a donkey, dreams, visions, human beings, and a still small voice. Like there's numerous ways in which God has spoken. And most significant is, again, he's still speaking today. So why don't we hear the voice of God? Why don't we hear the voice of God more? How many of you would say you would like to hear God's voice more clearly and more often? So why is that not happening? I think that's a great question. Let me, let me give you just three thoughts on that really quick. I think first our lives are too loud. We're constantly surrounded by the noise of the world, and the noise of the world can keep us from hearing the voice of God. I was at an event uh, this past week, and I was sitting at a table with one of our Grace Covenant family members, uh, and we were trying to have a conversation. And I had my hearing devices in, don't have them in this morning, but that evening I had my hearing devices in, um, sitting at this table, and there was all kind of noise in the room, there was music playing, there was a lot of conversation happening. And this lady was actually sitting across the table from me, and she was talking, and I couldn't hear what she was saying. Like the days before my hearing aids, I was just shaking my head and smiling. But I couldn't understand a word that she was saying. She was talking, but I wasn't hearing. What was the problem? It was the noise level in the room. There was so much noise I couldn't hear. And I think oftentimes that becomes a challenge in our lives, that our lives are just too loud. God's speaking, but we're not hearing. I think secondly, our schedules are too busy. We pack so much into our lives that there's no time or space to hear from God. We run from one activity to another activity, and we don't slow down enough to hear the voice of God. And I would say, for me personally, I'm guilty. I mean, if you were to look at my schedule, you would say, that's insane. And I would say, yes, it is. Too much activity. Our schedules are too busy. I think another challenge that keeps us from hearing from God is we're surrounded by distractions. Anyone feel distracted in our crazy world? And we have so many things competing for our attention, so many activities that we engage in that we, 
We don't take time to listen. I mean, we have the distraction of our cell phones. I was trying to have a conversation. We have adult children now. I was trying to have a conversation with one of our children the other day. And like, no, put your phone down and look look me in the eye, right? The distraction of the cell, the distraction of the television, the distraction of the schedule, the distraction of our busy lives. I mean, we live in this world of distractions. We allow ourselves to become so distracted by our busy, noisy world that we can't hear when God speaks. Listen, friends, the issue is not that God's not speaking. The problem is, is we're not listening. Can I say that again? The issue is not that God's not speaking. God has spoken, and he's still speaking today. The problem is, is I think we're not listening. Listen to how this scripture reads from Psalm 46, verse 10. Scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. The message paraphrase of this verse reads like this. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. Step out of the traffic. Step out of the craziness. Step out of the hectic schedule. You know, the challenge is to be still, to be quiet. To be a place in a space where you can hear from God. To move beyond the noise, the business, and the distraction so that we can position ourselves, we can posture ourselves to hear from God. Simply put, I believe that God speaks loudest when we're the quietest. God speaks loudest when? When we're the quietest. When we slow down enough to listen. And you need to know, friends, that silence is anything but passive waiting. Silence is really active listening. It's creating the opportunity that we can actually hear and discern God's voice. That we discipline ourselves to silence the competing voices to create space. And as we do that, then I believe that we can better discern, we can better hear when God speaks. And when it comes to God speaking to us and and hearing him, there's a few points of understanding that I, I think will be helpful for you this morning. The first is, it's important for us to know that because we're different, we hear in different ways. Because we're different, we hear in different ways. You know, God has uniquely created each of us, right? Like we're all human beings, but we're different in, in design. Because we're different, God speaks to us in different ways. So it's not like just one way that God speaks. Remember, I have a friend. I have a friend who is constantly getting these dreams from God. Now, I've been, listen, I've been walking with Jesus since I was about four years of age. I'm 56 today. So 52 years, I've been walking with Jesus, living in relationship with him. And in those 52 years, I've never had a dream from God. Never. Now, I don't believe that God loves me less than he loves my friend. But for some reason, whatever the reason is, God's never spoken to me in a dream. Maybe it's because when I go to sleep, I'm just out and I don't remember anything. That could be it. Man, I lay my head down three seconds. It's over. I'm out. And I'm out until the alarm goes up. Maybe that's the reason. But God speaks to my friend all the time. Through dreams, yet he's never spoken to me through a dream. 
My point is because we're different, we hear in different ways. There's not just like one way that God speaks. There's not just one way that God reveals himself. But I do believe we can better tune in through relationship. Through relationship. As we grow in relationship with God and as we grow in our understanding of him, we can better discern his voice. We can better hear when he speaks. When my wife, Charlotte, calls me on the cell phone and I hear her voice, I, I never have to ask, and who is this? Like when I hear her voice, I know exactly who it is. Like we've been doing life together for 35 plus years. So when I hear her voice out of that relationship, I quickly know exactly who's talking to me. Don't have to ask the question. But if someone were to call me who I've never met before, for example, in the orange shirt, what's your name? I'm sorry, really loud. Wayne? So Wayne, I saw you come in this morning. We've never met before, right? First time, thank you for coming today. First time here. If Wayne were to call me on the cell phone and start a conversation without saying, hey, this is Wayne. I was at Grace Covenant on Sunday, June the 5th. I would not know who I was talking to because this is the first time that I've met Wayne. I'm not familiar. We, we don't have relationships, so I'm not familiar with the voice. But again, if you know someone and you're sharing in relationship with them, the more you grow in the relationship, you quickly, what, identify their voice. So I think the same is true for us. As we grow in a relationship with God, the better we're better able to discern his voice. As a matter of fact, Jesus said these words in John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep. Relationship. So as we grow in relationship with Jesus, and as we invest in that relationship, we can better tune into his voice. And as I said earlier, here's the third part of this. Silence is key. We have to silence the competing noises and remove the distractions if we want to hear more from God and hear better and to hear better from him. Well, we, have to, we have to create that space to hear. So here's a question for you this morning. Where and when in your hectic, busy life are you going to find that place of silence? Where and when in the craziness of your world are you going to create that space you know, there's a reason that I get up early every morning, um, and here's the driving reason. I, I enjoy mornings. I'm a morning person by design, but I get up early every morning um, because it's quiet in my house. No one else is up. Um, you know, I, I'm a bit ADD. It doesn't take much to distract me. Like a bird flies by the window, and it's like, well, I'm off in another world. So I, I, I need silence. And so I've trained myself to get up early so I can take the first part of my day before anyone else is up in the house and before there's a lot of distractions. Because when I move into my day, man, my mind, my mind pops in a hundred different directions. I got all kinds of things happening in my life and in my world, a lot of distractions. And so I, I've just made a decision. I'm going to get up early and I'm going to... I'm going to capture this time of silence because there's nothing more important for me than hearing from God. 
I don't know about you, but I'm desperate. In my frailty, in my humanity, I'm desperate to hear from God. I just made a decision. I'm going to build this into my schedule. And then I'm going to capture this silence so that I can just hang out with God. Now, that happens in a lot of different ways. I'm in the Word. I, I have some prayer. I have some worship. And most important, I create this or I take advantage of this, this time of silence. So again, I think our world's too loud. There's too much noise. There's too many distractions. And again, friend, the issue is not that God's not speaking. I think the issue is, is that we're not hearing. So how does God speak to us today? And the time I have remaining, really quick, because the time's getting away from me. And the time that I have remaining, I want to talk about the first way that God speaks to us. And I think this is probably the most common way that God speaks to us today in our present realities. Uh, and it's through his word. It's through the written word of God that, that we have that guides us in life. You know, the Bible... I don't know if you know kind of the facts and the history of the Bible. So let me just give you a quick summary. The Bible was composed by more than 40 writers over 15 centuries in three languages. Those authors range from farmers and fishermen to kings and poets to prophets and prisoners of war. It covers nearly every subject matter under the sun, law and history, poetry and prophecy, cosmology and theology. Yet, despite the fact that it touches like hundreds of controversial topics, it doesn't contradict itself. In fact, it reads like one book from start to finish, and that's because there's one author. It's the Spirit of God. The Bible, the Holy Scriptures, is not just another book. It's the living Word of God that still speaks to us today. That's why it's the most popular, most published book ever. Why? Because it's not just a book. It's a book that's alive. It's a book from which God speaks to us by his spirit. You know, the surest way to get into the presence of God is to get into the word of God. It changes the way we think. It changes the way we feel. It changes the way we live. And it changes the way we love. And God speaks to us through his word. In fact, I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul had to say about God's word is recorded in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's on the screen, but if you have your scripture there, you might want to underline these two verses. Verse 16 says, all scripture, notice, not some scripture, not just part of the scripture, but all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-given. It's useful, notice, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God, that's us, the people of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Notice Paul says here that the word of God is living and active. We, we don't just read the Bible. The Bible reads us. The spirit who inspired the ancient writers as they wrote is the same spirit who inspires modern, modern readers today as we read God's word. You know, the Holy Spirit, if you think about it, the Holy Spirit is on both sides of the equation. The Apostle Paul described the Scripture as God breathed. So when we read Scripture, we're actually inhaling what the Holy Spirit exhaled. Think about that. I mean, that's miraculous in itself. 
We're inhaling what the Holy Spirit exhaled thousands of years ago. We're hearing the whispers of God through what he's revealed through his word. And notice, notice how Paul says that God's word speaks to us today. First, it's useful for teaching. He gives us what truth to live by. Truth that guides us to right choices and right understanding so that we can honor God in our lives. Truth that anchors us in a world full of deception and distraction. Second, it's useful for, for rebuking, for challenging our rebellion. How many of you know at times we can be like the strong-willed child? Any of you, ever, any of you have any strong-willed children? We have one. Matter of fact, if the second had come first, there wouldn't have been the second. Strong-willed child, kind of like, I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter what you say. There's that constant. Listen, sometimes as God's children, we can be like the strong-willed child, rebellious. And it's God's word, Paul says, that's useful for rebuking. Every once in a while, we need some rebuking because we can be difficult. We can be hard-headed, stubborn. How the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the written word, bringing rebuke in our lives, challenging our rebellion. Third, God's word is useful for correcting, correcting our error. And we can have wrong thinking that leads us to wrong conclusions. And the wrong conclusion can take us on detours, but it's God's word that corrects our error, that gets us back on the right path. Fourth, God's word, Paul says, is, is useful for training, guiding us into what is right. It'll help us discern between what's right and what's wrong. It'll guide us in the decisions that we're making. But for God's word to speak to us, here's the deal, folks. You've heard me talk about it before. For God's word to speak to us, we have to get into the word. You know, every Christian, every Christ follower should read the Bible, but the goal, the goal isn't getting through the Bible. The goal should be getting the Bible through us. The goal is not to say, okay, how fast can I move through this? The goal is really, how can I get God's word in me? It's allowing God's word not only to shape our lives, but for the Holy Spirit to bring God's word alive in our lives. And for this to happen, you need a consistent discipline of being in God's word. You need a consistent discipline of allowing God's word to engage your life. And I think probably anyone and everyone in the room today would say, hey, I would be more open to hearing God speak more often. Yet, oftentimes, we neglect one of the key ways that God chooses to speak to us today. By getting so busy, so distracted that we don't take time to engage his word and to allow his word to engage us. So if this is one of the ways that God speaks to us, and I believe that it is, do you agree with that? Are we all in agreement? So if we believe that this is one of the ways that God speaks to us today, and we have to make time for it. If not, we're saying we want to hear more from God, but we're neglecting one of the very ways that God speaks to us. Like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. And what we have to, we have to consistently engage God's word. And what I would discourage this morning, I would discourage what some would identify as the flipping point approach. 
Like, you, you know, you're in a tight spot, you're desperate to hear from God, and so you take, his, his, you take the Bible and you flip it open and you just put your finger on a verse and you read the verse. I would discourage that. I mean, it's, it's like the story of the guy who, who was doing the flip and point approach, and so he took his Bible, he, he, he opened it, and he put his finger on a verse, and said, and Judas went out and hanged himself. <laughs> well, he was not very inspired by that, so he closed the Bible, opened it again, eyes closed, points to a verse, looked, and it says, go and do likewise. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do the flip and point approach. Then there's a lot of different ways that you can engage in God's Word. There's numerous different Bible reading plans. There's numerous ways that you can get into God's Word. I would just encourage you, listen, if God speaks to us through His Word that's alive and life-giving and life-transforming, I would encourage you to get into God's Word. And if this whole concept is new for you, and you would go away today saying, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do that. And I would encourage you, don't start at the beginning of the book. Don't start in Genesis. If this is new for you, I would encourage you to start with the book of Matthew, the New Testament. And after you read through the New Testament a couple times, then go back and start with Genesis. And most important is that you develop a rhythm, a discipline of of getting into God's Word. Again, the goal is not to get through the Bible, but it's to get the Bible through us. You're not trying to see how many chapters you can cover, but you're spending time in the Word so that the Holy Spirit can reveal truth to you, so that the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Now, reading the Bible for depth and direction is the, is the process of meditating and ruminating on God's Word, allowing it to speak to us. Now, there's mornings... For me personally, there's mornings in my early time where I'll pick up the Bible and I'll, I'll read several chapters. I'll read some from the Old Testament, I'll read some from the New Testament, I'll read several chapters. But there's some mornings I'll get to one verse and that one verse captivates me. It captures me. It's like, it's like the Holy Spirit highlights it, if I can say it like that. You know what? I hang out right there. I want to discover not, not only what does the Scripture say, but what does it say to me? That's the process of meditating, of, of ruminating, of chewing on, if you will. Allowing what? God to speak to you through His written Word. And as we take time to meditate, ruminate on God's Word, what happens is this. Listen, the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit directs. The Holy Spirit corrects. All of that happens as we create this time and space to allow God to speak to us through his written word. And this is what I'm confident of. As we engage God's word and allow God's word to engage us, the Holy Spirit will speak to us, giving us this insight for life direction for life. I mean, listen, listen to a couple of these verses that come out of the book of Psalms. Psalm 119 verse 98 says this, your commands are always with me and they make me wiser than my enemies. As we get into God's word, as God, God's word gets into us, as he speaks to us through his word, 
Notice how it guides us. Your commands are always with me. And Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. In other words, we find what direction for our lives as we're in God's word. And then in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, excuse me, verse 2 and 3, it says, But those who delight, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. In other words, they're hanging out there. It's kind of like sitting down to a good meal. How many of you like a good meal? Man, I love a good meal. You can invite me to your house anytime for a good meal, as long as you have apple pie, right? But that delighting in God's Word is like sitting down to a table with a good meal. I'm delighting in it. He goes on to say, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. That's pretty exciting. Do you not agree? Whatever. Why? Have we sought the Lord and we're allowing the Lord to speak to us, guiding us in our lives. So we're delighting in His Word. Listen, God's Word will guide you and if you make a decision to engage the Word and allow the Word to engage you, you'll discover, friends, this is what you'll discover. God still speaks today. How? Through His Word. It was the famed preacher Charles Spurgeon who made this statement. He says, a Bible that's falling apart from being used usually belongs to someone who isn't. Isn't that great? A Bible that's falling apart from use usually belongs to someone who isn't falling apart. Why? Because they've connected themselves to the source of life. So friends, God's still speaking today. If you leave with nothing else, I would want you to hear that God's still speaking today in the everyday realities of our lives. And I don't think the problem's that God's not speaking. I think the problem is we've not positioned ourselves to listen. I would encourage you, as you come into this week, man, just make, it, make a decision, a quality decision that you're going to bring a change of direction in your life. If this is not a discipline in your life, and I would encourage you to begin a new rhythm, a new routine. Say, you don't have to read 10 chapters a day. Then start with 10 verses a day. Just hang out there. As you go to God's Word, I would encourage you again to pray the very words that the boy Samuel prayed. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And as you go to God's Word with that attitude and with that response, and what I can tell you, friend, is God's going to speak to you through his word. And it's going to, wow, it's going to impact your life. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for the reality that you do want to speak. But God, you want to do life with us. This is not just some religious activity. This is not just some ritual that... 
that we're engaged in. No, God, it's, it's you, the life-giving God, the creator of the universe, the one who's given us life, who wants to share life with us. And God, I believe that a big part of that's communication. God, I believe that you have spoken. You're still speaking. So, Lord, we position ourselves today like the little boy Samuel. We would simply say, speak, Lord, for your servant's listening. Speak, Lord, because we're desperate to hear from you. God, our world is so broken. Lord, our lives are so challenged. There's so many deceptions and distractions. God, we're desperate to hear from you. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, the written word that is, Lord, it's more than just a book. It, it, it's, again, it's, it's alive. It's life-giving. So, Holy Spirit, I would pray this week, this week as individuals, maybe some for the first time say, hey, I'm going to do I'm going to start a new routine. I'm going to start a new rhythm in my life. And I just pray that as they open your word, Lord, that you would just reveal truth to them. That you would train and, and teach and rebuke and encourage and God, speak to them where they're at in their lives. And Lord, again, may we have ears to hear. Holy Spirit, help us, I pray. Walk this out. And that we might better hear and discern. God, your voice in our lives. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.